Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we're here today to talk about summer camp slashers, because surprise, it's summer camp season. Yeah, if if there's anything that is more summer appropriate than s'mores, it's slasher films. Hell yeah, that's right. You want to see a bunch of your friends die horrible deaths at camp? You want melty, gelatin-filled, goopy juiciness? Oh wait, wrong thing. What? I was making a s'more joke. (laughs) Oh, okay. You like young, vulnerable teens getting impaled by garden shears? Well, congratulations. You are listening to the right podcast because we're talking about The Burning. Yeah, this is an iconic summer camp slasher movie. Uh, It doesn't get as much praise as, say, a Friday the 13th. But I think required viewing for for summer camp horror movies for those summer camp vibes, absolutely. Right, yeah, we've been we've been obsessed with summer camp slashers this year. Uh, we're in the middle of rewatching the Friday the Thirteenth franchise over in the Fiend Club, uh, so we're we're double dipping here on this one. We're overdosing on summer camp slashers, and I'm for it. I could watch more of these movies today. I know it's kind of a shame that we've already covered so many on the podcast because I'm like, what What do we do now? I know. What is next summer going to look yeah, like? Yeah, I keep saying like, you know, if, if we had it our way, we'd just talk about sleepaway camp every year. And it's like, we do have it our way. It's our fucking show. We're the only two people that we have to consult for anything <laughs> regarding this podcast. And for some reason, every year, I'm just like, oh, we, we've already done that movie. We couldn't possibly do it again. <laughs> Anybody discovering us is like, oh, Nightmare on Film Street. They must be going <laughs> through That the- sleepaway camp podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they must be going through, like, the Freddy history. Like, no, it's just sleepaway camp. <laughs> but, Kim, uh, The Burning, the movie we're here to talk about today, you got three good things uh, about The Burning in case anybody's unfamiliar with it? Do you have three good things? Sure I do. All right. It's got a rad killer, and he's got fucking garden shears. I mean, I like a killer that's that's uh, that's just mostly scar tissue. That's his mask. He's a hideously deformed beast. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, specifically the garden shears are the huge standout for him. He looks they make, so fucking cool. They make for a great silhouette. 
What about number two? What do you oh, got? I, I, we're sharing this. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with the fact that it's a really fun hangout movie in the way that early 80s slashers were so good at that you get a chance to fall in love with these characters and um, they all have real personalities and they all feel like they're in their cliques and they feel like real friends. And I find modern horror is way too efficient nowadays in that you don't get to hang out with the characters anymore there's everything is in service of the plot whereas with an older film it's just like oh yeah no we're gonna watch these geeks take on the bully for like 20 minutes because we paid for the lake (laughs) because we paid for the lake Uh, i guess like any 80s summer camp slasher movie uh i guess number three could just be short shorts everybody's wearing short shorts (laughs) boys girls adults everybody short shorts the killer Before we get into it, though, Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? What's keeping us creepy this week? I think we should probably just download on all the stuff we've been watching, because last week we were like, there's all these movies coming out. We got to see them. That's a real good point. And we are in the future. We watched them. And we watched them. (laughs) Yeah, finally saw Prey. That was great. Prey was my favorite of the bunch. Prey was wonderful. Yeah. Maybe one of my favorite movies of the year. It was really fucking fun. The fight sequences were amazing. The cinematography was dope. And uh, it had a dog, and the dog was cute. I mean, I was really worried for that dog a lot, and it really stressed me out. There were parts of the movie where I was like, I'm just going to not watch they this They did scene. that so on purpose. They were like, we're going to put this dog in peril, and then he's going to disappear, and you're going to spend the entire time going, what happened to the dog? Yeah, that dog really stressed me out. Wasn't that dog supposed to not be in the movie? Didn't you find that out? No, the dog is a she, and her name is Coco, and she was adopted specifically for the film. She's a shelter dog. She wasn't a Hollywood dog. That's pretty cool. And um, she was actually supposed to have a really little part, which makes me believe that she was going to die um but i guess as the director was showing it to like friends and family and and people the only feedback was like more dog and he's like we can't fucking use this dog anymore uh because i'm i'm sure she was a bit of a nightmare to work with dogs and kids you know you've, you've heard the saying that they're really awful to work with and this one was pretty much untrained but she was the star of the show and she kept coming back and um i would say she is a co-star holy shit she's in the movie the whole the whole time pretty much yeah highlight for me for sure so, i mean there's also the predator the predator looked pretty incredible shout out to coco uh a whole bunch of other shit uh we saw bodies 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 finally in the theater here in canada not nuts about it yeah i was really sad and that might be me needing an expectations adjustment i think i was just looking for a lot of fun and i wasn't expecting something so like nihilistic and modern day apathetic you know what i mean that was the kind of vibe it's just like nobody's actually friends everybody actually hates each other and that's the whole point of the film and i was just like but i wanted fun party game horror and that was less of what the i think the intentions of the film so i'll probably like it more when i revisit it Mm -hmm. but for now i'm just sulking a bit Little pick me up though was Day Shift. Day Shift was a blast. Day Shift was fucking dope. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It's just basically just Jamie Foxx as John Wick fighting vampires. I mean, that's pretty much that's that's pretty much all you need to know going yeah. in. And the vampires are straight out of the Evil Dead universe. They are rude, gross, and fucking like foldy. They really fold. They love breaking <laughs> a vampire's neck in that movie. Is what I learned. Every <laughs> single one of them falls on their neck weird. It doesn't like they get hit with a bat. They get hit with a shot. 
shotgun, like just like crunch. Yeah. They're, they're falling down in the most painful way possible. Contortion City. Yeah. Uh, Shout but- out to all the stunt workers in that goddamn movie. It was great. Yeah, it was a real fun time. And uh, that one's on Netflix. So if you haven't watched it, it's yeah, literally like. You don't like, gotta go to the theater. Click, play, enjoy. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's <laughs> click, in it. Click, play, consume. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's great. He's got a big old chain gun named Big Bertha. Oh, uh, Dave big... Dave Franco's all right. I mean, he's silly and goofy in it, but uh, I'd say that. His character becomes more interesting by the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, you're, you don't go to a movie like that to see the plot. Like, the plot is whatever. But uh, fucking the vampires and the fighting sequences are fucking dope. We watched a few movies for the Popcorn Frights Film Festival. Um, definitely head over to nofspodcast.com. Check out some reviews for those if you're interested. Uh, Chris Vogel's been reviewing them for us. I think the big standout so far has been the third Saturday in October, parts one and five. That's what makes this so interesting. It's it's kind of billed as a, as a double feature. You're supposed to watch part five first, and then you watch part one, because the whole idea is like you rediscover... It's like you discovering... You know, a franchise like Friday the th- for Friday the Thirteenth as a child, like you don't watch the first Friday the Thirteenth. That's not the first one you watch. You watch whatever one's on cable in 1994, which happens to be the third Saturday in October, Part Five. It's uh, as uh, goofy and off kilter as any Part Five of any franchise. Um, but the first one is is like a kind of a completely different movie. They definitely work really well together. Um, but just like a fun little like satirical send up of of slasher franchises. I think that's such a fun um, like novel way to release two films together. And the fact that you're supposed to watch, quote unquote, the sequel first and and that there actually aren't four films in between yeah. them. But like, that's so fun because when you it's so true, like when my first Halloween film wasn't Halloween. Well, maybe it was. Uh, maybe Friday the 13th. My first Friday the 13th was probably like fucking part seven. <laughs> Not a bad place to start. Outside of that, we also watched Orphan First Kill. It's coming to Paramount Plus this weekend. Uh, I mean, if you, Isabel Furman's great in it. <laughs> Yeah, if you're a fan of the first Orphan, this is more of that. We and we're not really big, huge fans of like kid-led horror. Uh, I I know Isabel Furman's not a kid anymore, which is probably the most interesting thing about this movie. Yeah, was them trying to make her look like she's only four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also that she's like on the other side of that character now, right? Like rather than being a ten-year-old pretending to. Was she actually a kid though? I don't think she was. Yeah, she was. Oh, fuck. she was only ten years old. Wow. And she was playing a character who was 30 pretending to be 10 and now she's a, you know about 30 pretending to be a 10-year-old. Oh, good for her. And th- so for for that it's a there's a that's a great reason to watch First Kill. Um I I don't love that movie unfortunately. It's just sort first of First Kill or the First First Kill. Like, okay. or- Orphan's a good movie. I like that. If you've never heard about Orphan, I've already spoiled it. Fuck. <laughs> Um. <laughs> it's, it's an okay movie. Um, I mean, I guess now knowing that she's 10, I'm more interested in it. But yeah, First Kill, It's it's got some surprises. It is a prequel-ish um, in that it's set just before the first film. Yeah. But it's not all the way back like you would assume. Like we're not going back to like Esther is born and <laughs> she's a bad seed. Well, yeah, I just also love the idea that it's it's the, it's the first kill, but she's in prison for murder already. Like at the beginning of the movie. So it's like this is like her seventh kill. 
<laughs> you met orphan seventh kill. <laughs> orphan just before last time. <laughs> uh, Julia Stiles is in it. So if you're a fan of Julia Stiles, she is present. And I don't know. I kind of like her. I don't know if her character is done enough justice. I don't know. There's some stuff. I can't talk about it. I can't fucking say anything. That's the problem. The, the the biggest, most interesting thing about this movie is something that comes toward the end of the movie. So why spoil that? Uh, I th- honestly, I think worth checking out. Kind of plays like a, like a true. Cru- I mean, for that, for the surprise, if you're just curious what it is. But yeah, Isabel Furman's really good in it. Um, it has some fun blacklight stuff. Yeah, lots of fun blacklight and stuff. and a really cool post title sequence with blacklight. That's high praise from us. <laughs> Do you want to rank like everything we've seen in terms of recommendations? Like watch Prey, oh, yeah. watch Day, Day Shift. Shift, then maybe Bodies, 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 and then Orphan First Kill. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. I'd agree. We watched a lot of movies, though. That's a small handful. We talked to them like five days ago. <laughs> no, I mean, like that's just that's not even everything we watched. I mean, we also watched RRR again because fuck it. That movie's great. And it was Sunday afternoon, <laughs> but not horror. No one cares. <laughs> and uh, we're gearing up to to watch some Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies because it's August 18th, baby. John's been talking about this all summer. I have refused to watch this movie until then. Like, we got it on Blu-ray, and Kim's like, we should watch this tonight. I'm like, no. I bought we it. save it for August 18th. I bought it to christen the screen, the projector screen, and he's like, we must wait. <laughs> you gotta wait for the, the, the stars to align. <laughs> so those are our plans for tonight. But, uh, but enough of that. Let's get into the episode. Let's talk about a sleazy, mean-spirited 80s summer camp slasher with an incredible villain and just like a rad murder weapon that gets used to perfection. <laughs> Let's talk about the burning. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. Burned alive, he cried out, I will return, I will have my revenge. He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Who's there? What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again, and again, and again. The Burning. The Burning from 1981 is currently sitting at a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. It's kind of a sleazy summer camp movie, eh? Especially as far as summer camp movies go. I think this is one of the sleaziest. Is it? It's, it's pretty sleazy. Yeah. I don't know if it's peak sleaze. 
There are some pretty awful characters in slasher movies. There are some bad ones in this. I'll give you that. Oh yeah, no, there's a there's there, they outweigh the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Even like the good guys are kind of shitheads. Everybody's bad. It's like Sleepaway Camp. Like oh man, they're all jerks. I wouldn't want to be friends with anybody in Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> this movie is the embodiment of men are pigs. <laughs> right. One of my favorite things about it uh, as a sleazy summer camp movie is that it's also a sleazy New York movie. Right up top, we get to see like all the grim, gross streets of 42nd Street before we even go back to summer camp. Yeah, It's got everything you need. To- like Cropsy, before he's like, better go get some revenge, he just kills like a prostitute on the street. And he's like, let, let me just, you know, try it out, you know, get a vibe for it. Maybe I want to stay in the city and not get revenge and just murder everyone. That's what tips him over. He's like, you know what? I Maybe I will put it behind me. These kids, they it was a mistake. Sure, I hate them and they've ruined my life forever, but you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on. But when even the sex workers can't look at him, he's like, that's it! I'm murdering everybody! I'm sure it wasn't his face she was reacting to, but maybe the giant pair of shears in his pocket. She was like, oh no, that Johnson's too large! I think... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's what's funny is that even the people at the hospital are jerks. Everybody in this movie sucks. Awful. Like, you see this fucking guy? He's a goddamn monster. Inside uh, the room, too, he's like, just yeah, awful. Too- just disgusting. Take look a at pee. that. I, me personally, I choose death. <laughs> Come look at this freak. Like, they call him every name in the book. They're, the, they're his doctors. <laughs> no bedside manner. Oh, boy. Yeah, people are pretty fucking awful in this movie. But fuck, does it have that camp vibe? <laughs> yeah, it really... Uh, the camp vibe makes everything so forgiving because you're like, oh. <laughs> movies, movies like The Burning and Sleepaway Camp from the 1980s have, uh, like, they, they, they just feel like they're more documentaries than anything else. Like, I believe that this is what summer camp looked like in the early 80s. It's so weird. I never went to a summer camp in my whole life, but I feel... That I missed out. I missed out in between 1970 and, say, 1989. There was... So the years where you weren't alive. Oh, yeah. No, I missed out. <laughs> Summer camp when I was a kid, like, my only option was Christian camp, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I missed out on a whole fashion vibe. I missed out on some cool hair. I clearly missed out on learning how to play baseball properly. It was a whole thing that I missed. I was not born. Yeah, that is a fact. You can bring short shorts back. I think people are, in, the fanny packs are, are a thing again. Short shorts are definitely coming. Yeah, but we need to bring back the, not just the short short, but like the short sport short with oh, yeah. the white piping and then the t-shirt with the, the double stripe on the sleeves and like the raglan. I feel like you can buy all of this at Old Navy right now. All of the fucking collared shit. I just want stripes of colors that don't actually go together. I just want frizzy hair. Brown, purple, and orange. I want high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> Less serial killers because DNA exists. Are you the only person who's going to like, you're like, hey, we've invented a time machine. You're like, I want to go back just for the fashions. <laughs> Take me to camp. I'd be going to the future for sure. <laughs> oh, no, I'd go to the past. Okay. The future. There's nothing up there. Do you know much about the Cropsy legend? So we watched a documentary on it once, and they talked about the burning a lot, and we hadn't seen the burning. And uh, I think the fact that there was a fictional movie that used the kind of the villain Cropsy set in the New York area, and then finding out that Cropsy may or may not be real is 
Well, that's the extent of what I know, but that's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bo- boogeyman urban legend about some guy who lives in the woods. So what I'm assuming then is that this movie is based on shit that kids grew up with at camp. Like the writers, uh, <coughs> Weinsteins, uh, <laughs> went to camp and and had the Cropsey story told to them. I, I'm just garnering. That's a great question. I don't actually know where the Cropsey story came from because... In my mind, it was, or in my mind, based on that documentary we watched about Cropsey, it seemed like it was a late 70s, early 80s thing. I think this was like a new boogeyman story that they were trying to cash in on as quick as possible. Okay, so like they had kids and their kids were like, have you heard this Cropsey story? Yeah, they. Uh, it's, it's definitely from that time where Ronald Reagan just like kicked out all the all the people from the mental institutions and they became homeless and lived in the woods and people were like ah there's somebody in the woods and they just kind of snowballed that into a, a in like a boogeyman of New Jersey story and so Cropsey was real right Cropsey I, I guess is real in the documentary that we watched just called Cropsey they eventually just sort of pinpointed it on one pedophile uh who was you know hunting kids in the forest yeah, so it's it's got its roots in stuff that's not nice. <laughs> the, the more we pick away at this, the more it feels The more like it's bad. This was just like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it was based on Totally it. real, yeah, totally <laughs> real. They really went all out and said, nah, it's Cropsey. Like, it's it has to be the first movie to say, oh, no, this is a Cropsey movie. It's crazy that it wasn't, that there weren't any sequels to it. I guess people didn't like it when it came out. But the fact that it's like an urban legend that you know anybody on the East Coast probably would have been familiar with. I'm surprised it didn't grow in popularity and we didn't get a sequel. I kind of wish. Like if there's two two movies that I wish had like a big franchise, it's The Burning and My Bloody Valentine. Yes, absolutely. And My Bloody Valentine's a perfect movie, but I think the I think part 2 of The Burning would have been incredible. It's strange that there isn't any, like, salacious opening title card, you know, like, some thought it was only a legend. They were wrong. Or something like, you know what I mean? Just well, we to... do we do get that campfire story twice in the movie, but okay. it comes three quarters of the way in and then again at the credits. Yeah, that campfire story is, is peak. It's so good, and it's the best final little note to end on. I was a little bit like... Oh, we're doing this again. But then when he looked at the camera and he said that. You're dead. Yeah. I was like, fuck, yeah. (laughs) Pretty great. Yeah, not a whole lot of fanfare in the beginning of the movie. No, it could really have done with some, you know, some based on a true story zhuzh. I think just by co- saying Cropsey, though, for yeah, a generation it, of people back then, they're yeah. like, oh, this is based on a true story. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to us. Even though, like, we're kind of north that area. Surely it, it crossed the lake at some point. Probably. I mean, that's where everybody went camping, right? The lake? <laughs> I also went to a Bible camp. We did not have oh, any fuck. stories. <laughs> you guys didn't do ghost stories? Isn't, no, it isn't was... Jesus a ghost story? So that's what I was going to say. It was a lot of just like, and if you don't pray... <laughs> The the you know the devil will come for you. It's not nearly as fun. Not nearly. Let's as do fun. handcrafts. There was a lot of handcrafts. There was a lot of church stuff in between handcrafts, and then occasionally like archery. So I want to get into archery, and I think that the <laughs> like the um, it's a weird turn for like your thirties. You're like, yeah, I just you know bought a bow and arrow. <laughs> the Freudian analysis in me is like. It's because she never got to go to camp. You just need to relive that. Yeah, and I relive want that. I want to get like a full out hay bale and spray paint the. <laughs> yeah. I, I want the camp archery experience. I want to break for lunch at eleven a.m. Yeah, I had to take. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know where to put that hay bale on the property because here's the thing. You very rarely hit the hay bale your first go. So if you just launch an arrow into the neighbor's yard, things could go south fast. It's either the neighbor's yard or the highway. Yeah, both bad. The neighbors got dogs. We haven't met them yet. We don't want to make enemies. They sound big. And if anything happens on the highway, they're crashing into our place. Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to learn archery either way. <laughs> like all good slashers, the burning starts with a prank gone wrong. Uh, this one, a very, I mean, most of them always a very mean prank gone wrong. You know, I'm going to take that back. I don't think it's a mean prank. I think it's a perfectly good prank. I think it's just a prank. Yeah. They just happened to two tiny candles. They set his camp on, they, they set his cottage on fire by accident. There are maggots in that skull, though. Is it a real skull? I need ex- an explanation as I to- I think they made that skull. The maggoty nature of that skull. I think one of those kids is Tom Savini as a child. And he's like, <laughs> look, guys, I brought my skull to camp. And then they, you know, they put some worms in it. They put a few candles in the eye sockets. Looks fucking amazing. I don't I think it was kind of an overreaction the level of fright towards it oh yeah but I guess shit happens and then you full body burn yeah you should have at least brought a fire extinguisher with you no one really thinks that far ahead when it comes to a prank no one thinks about the prank going horribly wrong it's mostly just this is gonna be so funny oh fuck can you imagine being like the fifth kid in the gang being like we should bring a fire extinguisher in case anything goes wrong. You would have got pushed in the mud. Yeah, they wouldn't let you come. You'd have to hear about how great the prank was, and they're so happy you weren't there to ruin it for them. Now, on the other hand, the caretaker does have, like, open gas cans just hanging out in his cottage. Not a good idea. I don't think you should sleep with gas canisters in your bedroom, but hey... (laughs) Uh, he sounded like a rough and tumble guy, and it led to a fucking full body burn that looks so goddamn good. It's like my favorite thing about 80s movies. I love that dangerous, dangerous special effect that oh. I would never make a stunt person do, where they're just engulfed in flames from head to toe. My anxiety takes me out of the movie whenever yeah. I see one of those. I'm like, this cut's too long. I have that, but then a half a second later, that you know, the, the, the other half of my brain just pushes that out my ear and goes, nah, man, it's cool. We're here for it. We love it. Put oh. your fists in the air. <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> I love a good full body burn. Damn. It's so funny because the campfire story, when we hear about the legend of Cropsey later from the head camp counselor who's like, I used to go to camp five years ago to this day. (laughs) And you're like, okay, buddy, okay. He says we never found his body and and he's spirit in the woods to capture whatever kid he can. Yeah, they heard him screaming, (laughs) I will get my revenge. But so after Cropsey has his full body burn as the caretaker, Cut to the hospital where he's gone. Yeah. So the the kids would have been present for him getting picked up in an ambulance. That's assuming they, they said They would have anything. had to make statements. Maybe we're supposed to assume he just floated down the river and somebody found him. <laughs> Which is even worse. Either way, the, the, the grounding of the killer, making him go into treatment for five years. Maybe they're trying to justify why he wasn't killing for five years straight. Okay. Like, oh no, he was trying to heal his third degree burns and get skin grafts to be a human being again. But then it failed and he was like, fuck. Fuck it, murder. I don't know, just something, the the fact that we go to New York and we are at a hospital, the hospital's fucked, but it's interesting because, like, Jason Voorhees would never go to a hospital. Good point. We're not talking about part five. That's not Jason Voorhees. Spoilers. (laughs) John, don't make me go Roy on you. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., I think the funniest thing about that whole situation is that Todd, who you would assume feels very guilty about killing a man, <laughs> like a prank goes wrong, he's dead. They watched him engulfed in flames, roll down a hill, fall into the water, and then they run away and say nothing, is now five years later telling a ghost story about a man who was killed by not me, but five other kids. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got zero remorse about it and is in fact turning it into entertainment. But the fact that he goes into a career of camp. He is he's progressing down the career of camp life. He graduates from camper to counselor and soon he's going to own a camp. Yeah, and then one day become an old caretaker and then he'll be burned and he'll be like the prophecy is fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting too that the film doesn't really present any kind of who done it aspect. Oh no. I mean there is that weird kid, but we never suspect him because you know, we followed Cropsy with his burns. He's a weird, weird character. Because at first, bad, how dare you be a peeping Tom? You're, ew, gross. Everyone hates you. By the end of the movie, he's like, not necessarily saving people, but like, oh, it's good that you were peeping Tomming on someone because you were able to witness a murder and alert everyone else. <laughs> so at the, at the, by the end of it, it's, it's justified that he was doing it. It's a gray area. It's fucking gray there because all of the other boys like they're all pressuring their girlfriends obviously you know like leave their virginities at camp and- oh man there are there are a few guys in here that are just the absolute fucking worst right but so yeah like on, on the scale of of bad to worse he is definitely at the top of the pyramid like he is the one that is doing the least harm to oh i anybody. thought i was like what are you talking about he's <laughs> you mean the bottom of the pyramid I don't know. He's just the nicest of the shitheads. Like, he's the, he's the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, if anything, he's the Angela of the group. If this is sleepaway camp, he's the Angela. Okay. Just quiet and shy. You know, you're so right that there's no whodunit nature of it. Like, we know up front who the bad guy is. But, like, what they're really sort of, like, holding back on is showing you his face. Like, they're really waiting until the end of the movie to show you what he looks like. That's what you're waiting for. And, uh... He looks funky and weird. I think we could have. I think we could have seen his face throughout the movie. It would have been fine. Yeah, it's a little spectacly on the this burnt monster, and you're like, guys, this, this guy's been through a lot. I mean, he sure he's a serial killer, and that's bad, but <laughs> he's not a monster. He's a human being doing monstrous things. Yeah, it's not like uh, if they had it done it the other way, where we don't see the, uh, the the prank at the beginning of the movie. Like we just see a, a hideous monster in the forest. Like, oh my god, what's that creature? And then at the end, you and realize, you like, feel oh, shitty. it's a human man. Oh no, <laughs> you feel like a terrible human being. That, I mean, that's good filmmaking. <laughs> Which was almost on display here in this movie. 
They do do such a fucking fantastic job, though, of silhouetting the killer with his shears. That's part of the reason why I totally agree with you on the fact that this should have been a franchise, just because of how iconic those moments are. Yeah. Having uh, not been too familiar with the film when he pops out of the canoe, one of the best fucking kills we'll get into. Goddamn. Uh, just him standing completely a black shadow along like a, a regular day at camp. Yeah. It's spooky. It's so good that they they have him holding those shears up more than once. Like it's like we don't get it just once. We oh, get yeah. <laughs> several shots of him holding the shears up in the in the in the sunlight. What a great moment too cuz you don't expect that those kills coming. One you know, everybody else in the movie that you've been sort of like, oh my God, are they going to die? Are they going to get killed? Uh, has been alone by themselves. Classic move for a slasher, especially a summer camp slasher. You you get your kids to go to like a to shower or whatever. We've got a group of like eight kids in a canoe, in a raft, uh, heading up toward a canoe when they finally eat it. Yeah, it's jarring because you don't expect that a, a group of you know, eight are going to be massacred like that. And they fucking are. And it's, it doesn't hold back. Like there are some, some pretty great special effects in those moments. And I think a lot of that comes down to Tom Savini because he's just like, no, but let's do it on camera. Yeah, but let's go fucking crazy. (laughs) Uh, The first kill is actually really gnarly too. They, they make a really good, they do a really good job of making the kills count, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like even to a, a, like a stone cold horror fan, the first one is a girl that, you know, was being pressured into sex in the oh, lake. Oh, this one hurts. And she denies him and runs off. So, like, she's essentially canceled the transgression. She has not transgressed. Yeah. She's just trying to find her clothes and get back to camp. And, of course, she gets, like, sliced in the gut. And it, it is sucks. gnarly looking. Yeah. And it, it hurts, too, because he's the one that should have gotten killed in that moment. He right? totally should have gotten killed. Yeah. But she she's doing everything right. And she's like, I just don't want to be another statistic of yours. Like, you talk about all these girls you've been with and blah, blah, blah. Like, she doesn't want to just be a notch on his belt kind of deal. There's such a sad fucking line when the older counselors are bugging him in the morning because she's gone missing. And and he's like, why did she come with me if she was scared of me? No, no, no. And he was like, because she liked you, you idiot. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah, the, well, there's even moments earlier in the movie, too, where she's like, you know, he kind of scares me, and sometimes I really like him, and some, sometimes he's a jerk, and sometimes I really like him. It's like, fuck, just, oh, don't go. <laughs> don't go. I mean, hey, at least he really got what was coming to him on that raft. Everybody got what was coming on that raft. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I don't know any of those kids. This guy, I was like, well, it's about time somebody <laughs> plunged some fucking shears into his throat. That looked rad, by was, the way, right? Was, That's like a reverse <laughs> reverse Friday the 13th kill with uh, with Kevin Bacon. It's basically the same setup, except the, the shears are going uh, in through the neck instead of coming up through the bottom of the bed. I was really sad when the bad guy from Hackers got it. Oh, when he got his fingers cut off? When little baby hacker's villain got it. <laughs> little baby virus? Is that his name in the movie? I don't remember. Yeah. But he was he was so good in this. That whole group of young kids who were trying to, like, rally around the weird kid. Uh, Jason Alexander. <laughs> Whoa, what a weird cameo, right? It wasn't a cameo. He fully survived to the end. That's true. He makes it this whole movie. I, I also love that, uh, you know, 90% of the people watching this movie are like, hey, that's that guy from Seinfeld I can't remember his name uh but you George are George Costanza George Costanza thank you hey your brother was obsessed with Seinfeld I wasn't um you on the other hand are like that's that mean jerk from Pretty Woman 
Yep. The only horror fan who goes to Pretty Woman before Seinfeld. I have to give him so much credit, though. He was so scene-stealing. That man had star quality from the get-go. And he's he a just, jerk in the movie, too, right? No, but he's just like a smarmy kid. He, there's nothing bad about I him. He's just true. like... I don't know. He's just a lot of personality, and yeah. he fucking shines. I'm just like, get it, little Jason. The camera likes you, like, kid. He was destined for the spotlight. I can't. I can't give this uh, this breakout role enough fucking credit. I don't know if it's because we know what he looks like as an adult, but him and a handful of other guys who are just regular campers look older than the counselors. I had a really hard time differentiating between like who was a counselor and who was a camper. Yeah. Because I think half the cast is 30. <laughs> yeah, I think there was like a three-tier thing. Like there were like the the head counselors, which oh. was that um, the lead couple, yeah, the bad guy who definitely made Cropsy, and then his girlfriend. Yes, and then there Cropsy. were like junior camp leaders who uh-huh. I guess have just graduated out of being old enough. And then there's a few campers. Yeah, a handful of campers at best, right? But I I think that's why camp movies end up working so well and and being such huge hits among one us in our big nostalgia wave but when they came out like why we focused there because kids are without parents and it's yeah. it's a way to see into like the the social lives of kids without them hiding anything about themselves mm. like they're very candid and real like the girls are having lunch and talking about like losing their virginities which they like they wouldn't get the opportunity to do that because there would be a teacher walking by or uh, but like in camp it's the kids leading the kids. It's just yeah, a bunch. True. It's just a bunch of fucking kids in a mess hall. Yeah, because the counselors are seventeen, eighteen, maybe. I remember like being at camp thinking they were like adults, but like no, they were just teenagers. <laughs> like in the last year of high school, they were they had a whole other agenda of things. That they, like they occasionally went, "You guys good? All right, cool. I'll be over here." <laughs> There could be more camp horror. I will never turn down a camp horror. The, the trick is trying to find something new to do with it. Yeah. there. So there is something really great, too, about camp horror, uh, camp in regards to being horror, as opposed to campy horror. You you mentioned this earlier about how um, that one kill on the raft, how everybody's together. But the thing about camp is that there are quite a few times when one person will go off. Yeah. One person will go off into the woods or whatever. And it's so fucking justified because of outhouses. Because oh. showers are outside. Bathrooms are outside. So if they're having like a social in the mess hall, there's like a party. Yeah. And somebody walks off. It's because they had to go to the bathroom. It makes sense. It means like every going to the bathroom, going to hook up or going to have a shower. Those are the times you get killed in any summer camp movie. But in a in say like a our parents aren't home we're having a sleepover it has to be like oh I'm going out because my my boyfriend showed up and I'm going to the edge of the lawn to go. You talk say to that him. like we didn't watch slumber or, slumber party massacre the other day and every single one of those was fucking brilliant. It was great. They went to the garage <laughs> a lot, but it was it was great. <laughs> They're like, we didn't lock the garage. We should go lock the garage. Somebody should go die in the garage. Somebody should go die in the garage. Okay, my favorite kill of the movie, I can't remember this character's name, but he's essentially like the big dumb but big dumb bully from the Bronx. Uh, I kind of liked him. He came off real strong at first, came around a little bit. He was a little pushy with his girlfriend regarding the like let's let's have sex thing. Not yeah. as bad as the other guy and also waited for consent before he did anything. And then he sucked at it. And then he sucked. <laughs> but then she was totally into it. So you're like, oh, okay, this is 
This, this is just being a teenager. Yeah. I love that too where he's like, hey, you you cool? She's like, yeah, you didn't really give me much to get hot about. <laughs> like, bam! Bam! Take that, Long Island. <laughs> also, they painted him as such a dick from the get-go. When we first see him, he's freaking out at the weird kid. But it's because the weird kid was peeping at his girlfriend in the I know, shower. everybody's giving him a hard time about that, right? And it's like, I think he's a little justified here. Like, yeah. somebody's got to tell this kid he's a shithead. The counselor's like, hey, you know what? He's just a kid. All kids do this. If I think he's trouble... I'll send him home. Like, he's being trouble right now. <laughs> like, why don't we ask the girl what she wants? His kill, though, is fucking amazing. Uh, like, you know, unfortunately, his girlfriend got killed while he was gone going to get matches to light a fire for her. Keep her warm. Right? But uh, but when he gets back, he gets impaled, and then the fucking killer just, like, lifts him up off the ground and walks him to pin him against a tree. Like, goddamn, that looked really fucking good. It was pretty fantastic. Also, very, very grim. I, all of the all kills, of the kills in this movie are grim. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. All of the kills are so grim because there's a moment where everybody experiencing murder is like in a state of upset. The first girl is fucking upset. Oh, I don't like the, that one. The yeah. campers on the raft—that is not an instantaneous kill. He has to kill them one at a time. I oh mean, god! Sure, Imagine it, waiting for your turn. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, like sure, it's a Shears buffet, but <laughs> it's taking like he has to go through each of them, and they all have an a moment to experience like pure terror Fuck. and him he has to discover his dead girlfriend first and then he's being picked up by fucking shears and then the fucking peeping kid is there that's the, the peeper the peeper's there the that's the weirdest thing about this movie is that it just doesn't feel fun at all <laughs> The whole time you're like, this is true crime. This feels wrong. Like, I feel like this peeping kid. Like, I shouldn't be here looking at this. It's nuts. The, I will say all of the, the horror stuff, straight horror. Not played for yucks. There's no, like, beehive murders, <laughs> corn cob murders, this is, curling what, iron murders. Right? Yeah. It's straight up rough but the camp moments are so genuine like when they're first rowing out in their grown-up canoe trip Mm -hmm. we just spend like five minutes with them playing around in the canoes and they're all splashing each other they sink a canoe yeah and it's just teenage fun there's a lot of summer camp fun in this yeah like kids getting pushed off the dock uh somebody brings a a bb gun with them and shoots a bully in the butt (laughs) oh and when he's like you you girls all look like mermaids up here i was like (laughs) oh yeah like that maybe and maybe that's what makes the kills seem so harsh too is that everything else about it seems so fun and carefree and you're like god damn i love the summer isn't the summer the best And then I wish like, it wasn't cut short for those kids. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. This, it's, You know what? As far as last summers go, they did all right. Some of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird movie. Weird, weird movie. The end, the, the finale is way slower than it should be. Yeah, he goes into a mine? Yeah, that seems like, I guess that's where he's been living. He's been, he's been living in the mine. Uh, but it's it just slows down real hard. It really hits the brake because it's got like it's got like a good acceleration happening. Like we start discovering bodies. Kids are going back. We're sending the cops. We're getting there. The fucking like denim boy is running through the woods with an axe and shit. But it's just it, nothing's happening. Yeah, and he kidnaps the weird kid, and you're just like, well, nobody else got this treatment. Well, it's I, like a, it's like when a sniper like hits a guy in the leg. And he's he's just using him, him as bait. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think he remembers that that Todd is one of the kids that killed him in the beginning, right? The way they paint it in the finale is like, oh, he was the goal all along. And you're like, 
I don't know. Was he? I think he's just like, <laughs> all children must die. Because they tell the camp story too, apparently Cropsey hates kids and just like would terrorize kids every single year. I don't know why he keeps getting rehired by the owner of the camp. <laughs> but the showdown at the end is is kind of unclimactic. I do, it, it is funny how he gets burned and we feel bad for him. I don't know if that's just you and me. Yeah, you're like, aww. So we, we had the same reaction we were watching The Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just like, oh, that feels... Oh, that's the ultimate rub. You know, like, this is how he went out, and you're going to do it again? It's almost insulting. But they, yeah, like, if he gets a second movie, he's going to be pissed. They really, man, I would have loved. They, they, I guess they painted themselves into a corner a little bit. Like, we stabbed him in the back with shears. We we buried an axe in his face. We burned him alive. Uh, but we never see Jason him. Voorhees has had all of those things happen to him. Yeah, and he still comes back. There's no reason why we couldn't have I mean, he starts getting had. maggots in his head, but that's really it. You say that, that like, is that isn't a huge improvement. He looks fucking incredible once he starts getting maggots rolling around oh, in there. Absolutely. Love my maggoty boy. I don't I doesn't Cropsy especially at the end when they hit him in the head with the axe and you see him propped up against that pole or whatever. Don't you get such Jason vibes? And I know this is 1981. Like, Huge Jason uh, vibes. Friday the 13th OG has just come out. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, and I think this is the movie that Tom Savini went to instead of going to part two. Like, he didn't do the special effects for, for part two. He came and did the burning instead. And, like, you can totally see... It, it totally feels like the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there, this really feels like Friday the 13th 1.5. Hell yeah. Maybe 2.5. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with 2.5. Okay, it feels like Friday the 13th, 2.5. Like, Jason's old, he's got his bag, but then this is this is the next step before he takes the hockey mask. And also, they're kind of- Oh, in- I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting idea. They're- like, you sneak this in between? Yeah. Okay. They're- so, I thought you were just trying to say it's it feels like a like a cousin movie. I mean, it is I didn't a cousin, realize, but you I didn't could realize also- you were trying to sneak it into the franchise. Yeah, it's like, you know, like Lion King 4.6, where, like, Timon and Pumbaa have a movie, and you're like, why? But- this is the horror version. Okay. <laughs> Aren't they in the same area, too? Like, similar? Like, um, Camp Crystal Lake is technically New Jersey, and this is somewhere in New York, right? Oh, this is definitely also New Jersey. Oh, is it? Oh, for sure. So, yeah. And so, Sleepaway Camp. Man, one summer. Uh, it was we, like... were, we literally grew up two hours away from cool camps. I'm sure there were cool camps out here. We, we just had, didn't. We had day camps, John. It was like, go do water balloons for the day, and your parents will pick you up at six. Like, it wasn't real camp. Would you would you like to go find a time machine and go back? <laughs> I think that they do like camp nights at the the campground where they filmed Friday the 13th like every once in a while they do like a night there. Yeah, cuz I think it's owned by the Boy Scouts of America. I don't know. But if they have archery, <laughs> we should go. Like Kim, look, there's all these horror events, and I'm like, shh, shh, <laughs> leave me with my bow. Well, especially too if they have like the 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 corpse from Friday the Thirteenth propped up there, and like you got to try and get an arrow through the eyeball. I, like shoot mom's shrine. Okay, that sounds like fun. I didn't realize this was going to awaken such a archery bug in you. But I mean, hey, it's, it's uh, you know, need some new summer summer activities. Let's do it. Okay, so I have a question for you. While yeah. we while we wrap up, there's a point in the film where. The canoes have been sunk. Clearly, it was Cropsy. Okay. The older kids are stuck. Apparently, they can't walk around the river. It's way too much of a journey, so they have to make a raft. Half the kids go on the raft, mm-hmm. um, and then the other half stay back. Which group would you be? Oof. Uh, at this point, no one has died, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going on the raft. I'll probably help. I mean, like, yeah, I got 
Okay, second tier. I question. got arm power. Okay, I don't you're know. dead. You lost. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I I knew what fate I was selecting when I said it. <laughs> I'm not a, happy about that answer. That was a choose your own adventure, and you failed. Second question. Yeah. They find the raft with all the dead bodies of their friends, but they still need to go get help. So another oh, group of kids go on the raft. That's the real question. And then the other ones stay back, and Ooh. everybody knows there's a murderer yeah, on the loose who has killed a raft full of kids. Yeah, and he knows a raft exists and can catch and it. Brought it back like that's the it's not like that raft floated back i assume he brought it down the river that's arguable but good point yeah well i mean only one of the counselors stays back i don't know if i'm that guy (laughs) but i don't i definitely don't want to go on that raft i know i'd be so hesitant to go on the raft but then like i don't want to be fucking stuck out there in the woods yeah. If there's a chance i can get to a place where there's a door that locks i feel like that is the best option it's not like they knew that, like, oh, they found a canoe, and if, if only they didn't look in the canoe, they'd still be alive. Like, it's just like, oh, our friends are dead. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just corpsey parts everywhere. I love how they cut from her discovering the raft with the bodies to just all the kids crying on the shore. Yes, yeah, like hard cut to everyone's cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'd be staying back. I'm not going to fight. Mm-mm. No, I, I can help. Both scenarios, I probably wind up dead. I can help row. That's it. That's what I've learned. That's my special ability when it comes to summer camp horror movies. You need a guy to help row away? I'll be there. I might not bring us to safety, but I'll get us pointed in a direction. Also, they would put me in the middle because I am neither a steerer nor a skiller. Okay. So they'd be like, skiller. isn't the back person the one that does like all of the work? It's And then the front person does the steering and then the middle is like the people that don't contribute. <laughs> That's me. That's not that's that's not how I would put it. But yeah, that's usually where they go. <laughs> it's teamwork, Kim. And if there's a serial killer, you're kind of in the safer spot because if he comes from the back, you're not first. If he comes from the front, you're not first. You might be able to bail out. Yeah, you might be able to hide under the bodies of your dead friends. Ah. All right, John, what are you rating the burning? <laughs> I'm giving the burning a three out of four. I uh, I do actually really like this movie. It's much slower than I remember it being, but god damn are the kills in this movie good. I like a sleazy I like a sleazy New York movie anyway. Uh, so it's nice to have a sleazy summer camp movie as well. Yeah, I'm totally going to give it a 3 out of 4. I agree that it doesn't have the same amount of like fun, but the camp stuff is all fun and the horror stuff is all horror. So like if you're looking for both, you can kind of get them in this movie. It's a really dope summer watch. Hell yeah. I would absolutely go see this at a fucking drive-in if I could. Just a full-out time capsule. This would be, this movie's a hundred, it's, it's one of those movies, like any summer camp movie, it's a hundred times better if you watch it outside. I know, we were going to, but it's raining today. Yeah, we just couldn't make it happen. I mean, watching horror movies on a rainy day is also nice. Yeah, this is a great way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> so, t- t- just last question. Before we go out, do you not remember watching this movie before? I have no memory of this movie. Okay, because you've also reviewed it on Letterboxd. I reviewed it? (laughs) You gave it a three and a half out of five, and you said fun, but an unprecedented level of rapery (laughs) on July 11th, 2020. Wow! (laughs) Well, uh, I wasn't lying when I said I was a goldfish. (laughs) That's true. And you you weren't lying when you said it has an unprecedented level of rapery. (laughs) Oh, boy. But that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of The Burning. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash discord.
If you want even more camp horrors, we are spending midnight at Camp Blood over in the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club on Patreon. We are going through every single one of the Friday the 13th films one by one, and we've made ourselves a few stipulations. Come and check it out. Join Camp Blood and uh, listen at midnight. (laughs) That's at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Yeah, we'll be releasing those episodes every Friday until we're through the franchise. I think it's going to bring us right into Halloween uh, because there's, uh, there's quite a few Friday the 13th movies. We're going to be talking about Freddy vs. Jason again. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to be doing for that, but I think we've got something fun planned. We'll have to think of something fun. Yeah, so you can again, you can find all of that at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. It's the easiest way to support the show, and there's a whole shit ton of bonus episodes waiting for you there as well. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. 